Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Political State from the Oklahoman. I'm Ben Felder and joining me in studio is my colleague Justin Wingeter from the Federal Government Desk. Justin, how you doing? Good, good. And then between us here is uh, Amber England, a sharp political mind, also a, a education advocate and uh, uh, good timing that we have you on. Yeah. It was purposeful. But obviously with this week, uh, as we head towards a, a statewide teacher walkout on Monday, possibly going further, we'll get into that. Also coming off of a week when the legislature was able to approve a pretty historic amount of tax increases to, in response to the pending walkout. I want to talk about whether and what kind of impact that had on, uh, on what teachers have been threatening to do. Um, but Amber, uh, give us a little bit of, uh, of your kind of uh, debrief of the last few weeks. Uh, you're also a, a consultant with the Oklahoma Education Association. Yes. Um, you know, a few weeks ago they announced their demands, over $800 million in new spending, um, a lot of it going to public schools, a $10,000 teacher pay raise, um, and this week the legislator, legislature responded, but maybe not responded enough. So I think what you've seen over the last couple of weeks, um, I've never seen it in my uh, political career, uh, my, my career working in Oklahoma politics and advocacy world. Um, you've seen community members, parents, grandparents, teachers, school board members, superintendents coming together to say enough is enough. Um, and really forcing this legislature to act in a very historic way. So I want to give credit where credit is due, and that is uh, to this grassroots movement that has really been led by teachers and their frustration over years of inaction from this legislature. And so what the legislature did this week was make a, a really historic down payment on uh, years of neglect uh, to Oklahoma public schools. The teacher pay raise is about 6100 across the board. Um, uh, and they, I, th I believe it's around 50 million into uh, the funding formula, which I think 33 million of that's going directly textbooks. to textbooks. So that's 17 million to restore some of those funding cuts. And then for the first time in the history of the state, um, they've actually given funding specifically for um, those folks who work alongside teachers that are really the heart and soul and the backbone of public schools. School cafeteria workers, bus drivers, special education assistants, all those people that are behind the scenes that really don't get a lot of credit but are really crucial to a child's education. And so up front I want to say that that's, um, that's really a historic investment that's been made. I think um, what you saw yesterday or the day before coming out of the legislature or yesterday when they actually backpedaled on some of the funding that, um, that was actually supposed to go to, to to pay for this historic package that they they just passed really just feeds uh, this the distrust that actually created this mo movement to begin with. And so um, I think Monday's walkout is really about making them fix that hole so that they're keeping their promise they made just 24 hours ago, but also saying we can do more for our students. This was never just about teacher pay, and they've left money on the table. So there's a capital gains bill sitting in the house that they could pass. Um, if they pass that capital gains bill, they could actually, you know, restore some more funding uh, into classrooms. They could lower class sizes. They could restore some classes like art, music, AP courses. Um, and so I also think that Monday's about teachers being heard. Uh, they want to be heard, and they want to go talk to their lawmakers. Yeah. Well, and I want to talk about Monday and, and beyond, but let's let's look backwards a little bit more. And you know, you said that uh, you know you really felt like this was kind of a, a grassroots movement, and it's not uncommon for you know organizations to say that. Um, and oftentimes, it just you know it, it's it's 
it's good PR because you want people to feel like they're involved. But I do think that that's been kind of an important part of, of this of this movement, so to speak. And I think, um, for example, I, I was doing a, a web chat on, on the walkout just uh, an hour ago, and some people were asking questions about the OEA and said, hey, what about, sometimes it seems like uh, the communication hasn't been as crisp or clear, and I think that's probably a fair assessment, but I also think it's because there's been a lot of steps where OEA has kind of paused to take the pulse of its members, and not just its members, but its teachers. I mean, we saw a few weeks ago when the OEA kind of originally announced a date uh, for late April, that there was a lot of pushback from teachers, saying, no, it needs to be earlier. And then um, this week when the legislature passed the demands, um, you know, the OEA was quick to say, hey, this isn't enough, it's not everything we asked for, but there was a little bit of a pause before there was a lot of talk about what's gonna happen now next week. A lot of teachers have come out and said, hey, this is not enough. We still want to walk out on at least Monday, if not going fur further. So it does seem like, um, you know, that the OEA has, has, you know, has really kind of been, you know, the teachers really have been leading that. I mean, that's what you hear a lot, but I feel like that's kind of accurate in this situation. I absolutely think that's right. Uh, the Oklahoma Education Association is made up of over 30,000 members across the state. Teachers, uh, cafeteria workers, school bus drivers, retired educators, student educators, and they have um, very much been uh, very thoughtful and methodical about making sure that this was a movement led by the grassroots. And so I'm certain that you've seen some what people are calling missteps in communication or or, or delays in, in how we respond to this, and, and that's because um, that's because we, the, the Oklahoma Education Association is listening to teachers, is listening to support professionals like cafeteria workers, bus drivers, special education assistants, and they're listening to parents and grandparents. Um, and that's why this movement has gone so far. Uh, if you remember just in October, there was offered a $3,000 pay raise. Um, and, um, and then when Step Up failed, it was a $5,000 pay raise and nothing else. Um, and when OEA first came out and said, we've identified $812 million this year of revenue needs, including a $6,000 pay raise, yes, 10000 but over three years, that has somehow got lost in the yeah. shuffle. Um, and then restoring funding to our classrooms and funding for um, other areas of state government as well as, as uh, their support professionals, everyone laughed at them and said, you're asking for way too much. Stop. This is ridiculous. You're going to be you're going to be not taken seriously. And if OEA had listened to the the political class, the insiders, they would have given up then. Um, but courageous teachers, courageous parents, grandparents, um, folks that believe in the power of public education, stood up loudly and said, "No, this is our moment, and, and enough is enough, and we're going to we're going to be heard." And that's why you've seen this historic package passed this week. Um, it was a response to to that grassroots movement that said we want we want better for Oklahoma students. Yeah, I've been fascinated by the venue of this grassroots movement, the internet largely, and fa Facebook specifically. I mean, you that's where I think a lot of us first heard this was that that Facebook group that gathered tens of thousands of people seemingly overnight and so quickly. To what extent was OEA forced to kind of react to that? Uh, and that, that grassroots, especially social media movements, sure. and, and how prepared were they for something? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, so OEA has really been working towards this moment um, since the end of last session. Um, you know, they were a partner in the 779 movement, um, the 779 ballot uh, mm -hmm. measure that failed in, a, in November of 2016. And so 
um, really everyone, all education advocates, put their um, focus on the legislature last year. So when the legislature adjourned in 2016 or 2017 after promising a teacher pay raise and didn't get there and in fact passed an unconstitutional budget and then had to come back in for special session, OEA immediately went to work. And that's when they developed that Together We're Stronger campaign. And that's when they started actually organizing uh, their local chapters, teachers at the local level, to begin preparing for this walkout. Then you saw the grassroots movement bubble up, um, and and they did. Uh, OEA reacted to the, the time, right? So if you guys remember, it was originally cited for at the end of April, mm -hmm. um, and teachers and grassroots movement said, no, we've got to go earlier. And OEA listened to that, smartly listened to that, and said, hey, guys, you know what? You're right. We'll go out on April 2nd. And so, um, but I want to give credit where credit's due, and that is to this grassroots movement. Alberto Morjan in, in, in Stillwater that's, you know, has like 10,000 people or I think 100,000 people. 70, yeah, over 70,000 on the Yeah, 60,000 in a matter of days. And so <clears throat> I think what's, what's important to know is that OEA was ready for this moment because they had been preparing for this moment because at, at some point, um, they realized that if they, if we just relied on an inside game, which is what most organ, like what most people have done in the last ten years, is just go try to, to to work with lawmakers at the Capitol and hope that something happens, and nothing has happened. And so OEA was ready for this moment, partly because they'd done the work during the seven seven nine campaign to organize. Um, and they saw their moment, they saw the opportunity, and they seized it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that, um, while, the, that it, while a lot of it has been a reaction to the grassroots movement, had OEA not been ready for that, uh, if their local presidents, their local members in, in areas across the state had not been ready, you wouldn't have seen 172 school districts in a matter of days pass school board resolutions. Um, you wouldn't have seen community forums popping up like they were town halls and having four to five hundred people at each place if OEA hadn't been working towards that. We were really, OEA was really the organization that had the infrastructure to, to take this grassroots movement and actually focus their energy on exactly what we knew what was needed at the Capitol. So that organizational infrastructure was already in place the timing of it maybe got ramped up a little bit Correct. By, by the end of the, Correct. the grassroots movement. Yeah, I remember um, back in January, just when I, I first came in to um, to help with um, to help with this movement at OEA, and we we're just going to sit around talking about timing, and then also um, when the when the time actually moved up from the end of April till April second, we were doing some planning, and I um, I said to the organizers at, at the Education Association, I said, okay, guys, I want you guys to have at least one town hall in every region by April second. One and so OEA's there. I don't know if you know their infrastructure, but this is kind of getting the weeds. But they are they're divided into six different regions across the state. That's sort of how they organize, right? So that would mean six town halls between March eighth and, and April second. We had fifteen this week alone. Last night in Tulsa, there were over six hundred people at a town hall. So um, we we blew our own expectations out of the water. Um, I, the, the first one I attended was in Duncan um, that Monday after we actually announced the plan to the public. 
and I was really nervous thinking, gosh, I mean, I don't think we've had enough time to prepare for this. And it's sort of like you're, you're waiting to see if how many people are going to show up at your party. Um, and I walked into the auditorium at Duncan High School and it was full. There were about 300 teachers and parents and community. But we brought, I think we brought 400 um, pledge cards because we've been asking parents and, and, and community members to actually sign a pledge to stand with teachers. Um, we left there that night with them all filled out. So, I mean, that was sort of the count we got was roughly three to 400 people that were there. We left some behind because there were teachers that wanted, teachers and parents that wanted to sign them that couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, went, we left with nothing, mm-hmm. you know, with no pledge cards left, they're all complete. And so from day one, um, that infrastructure that OEA had put in place, um, that they had been working on since last summer, um, really, really, worked and I think the lesson for this especially for me who's now trying to help other organizations really harness the power of grassroots movement and I think you're just going to see more and more of this because I think um, the 2016 election cycle and and what's happened since then has really kind of awakened this you know this sort of giant and um, but it's just that don't ever discount that the power of the people to actually change public policy in this country. In fact, it's really the only thing that ever has, right? Um, back from the civil rights movement in the 60s, um, women's suffrage uh, movement. I mean, it's just, it's just a reclaiming of power by the people. And it's really, really exciting to be a part of it. Yeah, and it does, and it does kind of change the pace of how things go. Because I think if you would, you know, let's take earlier this week on a Monday. If you would have asked me, like, what are the odds that there's going to be a walkout on Monday or the following Monday on April second that could potentially extend for multiple days? I probably would have said ninety percent. Then we saw the House vote on this tax package wasn't everything OEA was asking for, but was still pretty significant. And after that, um, you know. I would have probably said the chances were probably lower at the 30 percent. I mean, the OEA was saying, "Well, you know, it's not enough. We're, we're not sure, but uh, you know, we appreciate this." But you know, and it, and once again, as a reporter, it's kind of frustrating because you're wanting answers now, right? Sure. I mean, you're asking, you're going to press conferences and you're asking questions and you want some clarity about: Are you walking out? Are you not? And we weren't really getting in the in the initial hours after the House vote, we weren't getting the clarity on that. But like you said, I mean, it's, you know, you're t- taking the pulse of your members. Um, and yesterday, when the day started, I probably would have said there may be a walkout because they've already planned it, but that's it. Well, t- as we sit today, Friday afternoon, it, I, I say you know the walkout on Monday seems certain and possibly on Tuesday. And once again, I think a lot of that is coming from you know teachers having a chance to respond and react and say, no, this isn't enough. We want to still have our rally. We really want to, and not, not just the OEA has been having to kind of follow that lead, but you've seen school districts follow. I mean, Edmund, right. the superintendent said, hey, I don't think a walkout's a great idea. I'm not sure that's going to help us win the, the public image um, th- that we're battling for. But teachers responded, and you know, hours later, Evan says, "Okay, we're closing on Monday, and we'll see after that." Right. I think it's also important um, to know that th- that that OEA is being very thoughtful about this, and and the recognition from you that you know that you wanted answers quickly as a as a reporter, yeah. wanted some clarity, and it's been interesting to see. Um, I call it the political class. Those political insiders that are at the Capitol every day pushing back um, and being frustrated because, well, isn't this enough? I mean, do you know how, like, do you know how much this is? You know, just, you should be grateful. Teachers should come here and thank lawmakers. And it's like, wait a minute now. The lawmakers um, have done a few things that, that might make people distressed that this actually, this package actually might 
get funded fully. Um, and, and in fact, in less than 24 hours after it passed the Senate, they rescinded about $50 million. Hotel, motel tax. Yeah. yeah, and then there's an additional $22 million sitting there being held hostage by the Senate because the House re repealed the the hotel motel without a replacement and so you're seeing these political games happening so it's like oh well maybe they were right maybe the teachers were right to actually say no we're going to show up on monday and we're going to say fix the budget hole that you just created by rescinding this <laughs> by yeah. rescinding this hotel motel tax pass the ball and dice legislation that's being held hostage and you're leaving revenue on the table that can be used right now to put more funding back into our classrooms. It's a pretty simple ask, but I think people were wanting it to tie a bow on it and say it was done because they didn't want that pressure um, of a teacher walkout. And it's like, we got to remind people that the reason why we're even at this moment, the reason why the teacher is even frustrated enough to walk out is that too many promises have been broken by this legislature. And so um, while, while I think it's amazing and historic, like I, I honestly, if, if someone had told me in January that um, the teachers union and OEA was going to be successful in enforcing the legislature to vote on a half a billion dollar tax package, I probably would have not not believed you. Mm -hmm. um, but but they did, they did, and and we can't discount that. And that's a huge, huge victory. But I still think teachers believe that there's money left on the table that could go to students. And quite honestly, they've got to fix what they what they messed up and mucked up on Thursday. Yeah. Can, can you give us a sense of what it's been like to be in the middle of this as it has changed day to day, sometimes hour by hour, and, and just trying to keep up with it, try to be ahead yeah. of it if you can, but sometimes even yeah. just keeping up with it may be hard enough. Yeah, so I've worked on political campaigns, traditional, I've worked issue advocacy, you know, candidate campaigns, and this is unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, and I think the one thing that's a little different here is that on election days, it's a pretty clear if you're a winner or a loser, you get 50% plus one. Mm -hmm. um, and on this, it's it's really it's it's harder to define the win mm -hmm. because there's just there's about a billion dollar disinvestment in this state and funding gap um, for education, not mentioning the rest of state government. And so we know how we know what an investment, what kind of investment needs to be made, um, but we know we can't get there overnight. And so um, I think that's a lot of the reason why um, why this has been so complex. Um, but dealing with it day to day, it's just you you have to listen to the people who are leading this movement. Um, I've been in meetings with political insiders pushing the. Oklahoma Education Association to back down, to not even come out with this in the be to begin with. Um, because for one reason or another, they didn't have the courage to go and say, enough is enough. And I get it. They're worried their own bills are going to die. Like, I've been around enough to know there can be political retribution for things like that. Um, but give credit to the Oklahoma Education Association because they stood up and said, no, we're going to let the teachers lead. And school boards <clears throat> across the state are doing the same thing, and superintendents are doing the same thing across the state. They have listened to teachers, mm -hmm. and, and you, that's why you saw the, the school board resolutions pass. But I think the people who are having the most problem with this is the political class, those capital insiders that are used to just, you know, fixing this behind closed doors and, and, yeah. and, not, and not letting the public see the mess that is 
um, the sausage making of, of, of bill of, of bill policy. Yeah, well, we saw a bill signing ceremony from the governor yesterday. Uh, usually, when you do that, it's mission accomplished, right? That's what the <laughs> with the banner. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of teachers saying, "Well, not quite yet." So, talk, what is Monday? Because on Thursday, right after the the bill signing ceremony. Um, there was some talk, well, hey, Monday, Monday's walkout rally is going to happen. Uh, you saw some superintendents even say, hey, we're going to be open, but we're going to send some teachers. The governor said, hey, we, I hope teachers come out and say thank you to us. Um, 24 hours later, though, it now feels like Monday is what Monday always was going to be, which is the kickoff of a strike that we don't quite yet know when it's going to end. And I, I feel like once Monday starts, it's, it's going to take on a life of its own. and. If once again, if we're if if the OEA of districts are just taking the leaders, the lead of teachers on this, I, are we going to see by the end of the day Monday teachers saying we want more and we're not leaving? I mean, what is Monday? What do you feel like Monday is? April second. What yeah, is it? So obviously Monday is a time for teachers to be heard. It's a time for them to air their grievances with this legislature to say this is why I don't trust you. Right? Um, they're going to ask. Um, lawmakers to fix the funding hole that they just created by rescinding uh, the hotel motel tax. They're going to ask them to pass the ball and dice legislation that's actually sitting in the Senate being held hostage for political reasons. And then they're going to say, you can do more for our students and there's revenue on the table for you, can, for you to do that. The legislature has the ability to end this walk on Monday. If they can, if they can listen to the pleas of teachers and actually get these things moving, um, and I think for uh, for where the Oklahoma Education Association will be, and you know they're going to continue to listen to um, to this movement, and it's going to be a day by day, hour by hour event. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've laid out three pretty clear asks here of the legislature, like this is what you can do um, but it's really up to the legislature and it always has been I, mean, I you know if you, if you ask me if I had been advising the politicians if I had been on the other side of this I would have said slow this down a little bit and, and actually take these actions when teachers are here so they can see you're being transparent about the process and they can see how the process works um, they can see that you're not going to rescind part of the revenue that you just passed I um, mean, it might have given teachers a little bit more reason not uh, to distrust this legislature. Um, I think there could have been a win for everybody if it had been handled that way. But I think in a rush to try to prevent a walkout, in a rush to, to say, we did this, lawmakers did this, not, not you, the movement, um, just people wanting credit, I think it was it was a botched process, and it could have been handled more effectively. So, are we going to see? Do you think we'll see a walkout on Tuesday if nothing changes? If the legislature does nothing different between now and the end of the day Monday? What are yeah, the I, I, th I think you will see. I think you will see that because I think, I mean, for one thing, they've already created this hole, and they've got to fix that. Um, it, you know, it's between the two bills, it's almost $75 million of revenue. And, and so if it's not coming out of the teacher pay raise, if it's not coming out of the education budget, who's getting cut? Are you cutting corrections? Are you cutting health care? Are you cutting highway patrol so they can only park their, they can move 100 miles a day and then have to park their car? I mean, those are big questions. And I think the importance of this is like, here's what we've seen. This is the pattern of the legislature year after year. Let's, let's move money around in a shell game. Let's Let's use one-time revenue um, to actually pay for reoccurring expenses and get ourselves in a structural budget deficit. 
and I'm talking like really wonky here, but I think it's important. I think it's important to understand that that's why the public doesn't doesn't trust them on this issue. And when they do this 24 hours after they pass this bill, like that would did not do themselves. They didn't do themselves any favors when they when they did that. Do you yeah. think the public support is still behind the teachers after the bill signing, though? Or in a conservative state, are people going to say that's quite a raise? I've never gotten a raise like that. That is pretty big, and uh, therefore, you think where, where do you think public support is with the teachers, or right. what percentage I, I, not after that bill? Yeah, signing? I think that's an actual. That's a fair question, Justin. And I think that you know, right now, the public is still with teachers. The public is still uh, understanding that that um, the legislature. Can't be trusted. I mean, I saw a poll that was conducted last week um, that shows that like six percent of Oklahomans actually think lawmakers have the right approach to funding public education. And when you ask about their own legislator, it's like fifteen percent. So I don't think that's gonna that narrative is gonna or that public sentiment is gonna shift overnight. But I definitely think it's something that. Um, we'll need to continue watching. And you can almost kind of see it in real time on social media and other places. And I think right now, um, the momentum is still on the side of teachers. And that's because of years of mistrust and broken promises by the legislature. And so, um, you know, if they come back in on Monday and, 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 and replace the funding and, and, and they're able to get the ball and dice money, you know, that, 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 could, that could change things. Um, but I think teachers have, have spoken up pretty loud and loud and clear that they want more funding for their students because they know this may be, um, if you think about it, this could be, this could be all for the next 10 years. Because you know how the legislature works. Oh, we fixed that problem. We're going to put it on the shelf. And so teachers really view this as their moment to get as much as they can for their students. So beyond the teacher pay raise, they're saying, we just want the resources to teach our students effectively. We want lower class sizes so we're not doing crowd control. You know, and I think that that has to be the story that teachers tell on Monday. Um, and I think if they tell that story on Monday and they continue to tell that story over the weekend, the public will stay with them. That's yeah. a great point. They, have to, they really have to make it about, I mean, not that they weren't making about the students before, but make that, their messaging so much, so much more after the, you did get a teacher pay raise there. Now you have to shift that, that message yeah. just a little bit, tweak it a I little think bit. I it's, think it's, it's interesting you say that because in every community forum I've been in, and um, it has been about students. Teachers have been leading with stories about students. And, and, and sometimes the, the, the coverage is about the teacher pay. Mm -hmm. It's just the easiest thing to wrap um, for, for like public who, who really really aren't paying attention like that that issue alone has just gotten so much play that it's hard to kind of break through that noise but it is incumbent upon teachers right now I think to have incredible message discipline um, to really lead with those stories of students and yeah. um, I was you know I've been a comms person in my life as well and um, you know I think that to me is is going to make or break this movement is if teachers can continue to tell the stories of their students and why they're fighting and um, you know I think students have been an amazing um, messenger on this issue too we had um, Hope Davis who was a sophomore at Moore High School at a press conference last week and 
um, you know, she's talked about the revolving door of substitutes and emergency certified teachers, and she's on an IEP and, and needs some extra support, and how frustrated she is that she hasn't gotten it. And so, you know, more of those stories need to be told. Um, mm -hmm. And I think as long as teachers lead with those stories, um, the public will stay with us. Um, and if not, you know, we, we, there may be some trouble ahead. And, and, and I think that teachers um, understand that and I don't think that they're asking for too much um, of this legislature. And so um, I really hope that the public um, understands mm -hmm. that this is, this is born out of anger and frustration of the inaction of the legislature. And really that's where, uh, to me, where the pressure needs to continue to lie yeah. is on this legislature. Well, you make, I mean, you, you talk about low, you know, low approval ratings for the legislature, which have been that way for a while. So I don't think it's likely that you're going to see support for teachers all of a sudden shift to, shift to the legislature. Um, I don't see the legislature becoming the sympathetic figure in this narrative. Um, now, I think, you know, the risk is, does the public just get frustrated with everybody? You know, especially if you're a parent or, you know, that, you know, your kids are out of school and that's kind of putting a, putting a burden. But what's, I think, you know, when you're talking politics, you have to, you know, what's the gain, what's to lose? For teachers, there is something to lose. I mean, public opinion matters, and, you know, teachers obviously, you know, at school districts still advocate for bond votes and stuff. I mean, they need public support in a lot of ways beyond just elections. Legislators have something to lose, too. It's called elections. I mean, they can win or lose those, um, especially as we get closer to the primaries. And I think what's, but that's unknown. I don't know how that, how that works out. Is we, is a lawmaker, is there going to be pressure on a lawmaker to be more in favor of passing more taxes or to be more anti-tax. And because we're headed towards a primary in June where, you know, the narrative in June is sometimes different than it is in November in the general election. So, I mean, I feel like that there's still a lot, you know, it's hard to predict, right? It's absolutely hard to predict. Um, and I know that I've, you know, I've kind of stood up here and railed on, 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 legislat on legislators and, and the political process. Um, and quite frankly, it is born out of frustration just personally being someone who's been in, uh, in the arena, so to speak, fighting for this. Um, but I, I do want to recognize that, that lawmakers took some courageous stands this week when they, um, when they voted for a tax increase in the face of, of Dr. Coburn coming to the Capitol and, uh, you know, and announcing this new Taxpayers Unite group. And that's, we, we shouldn't discount that. Um, but I, I, I think that that just speaks to the power of this movement and the power of, of, of everyday Oklahomans understanding, and, he, and here's the value that we're connecting with. This is the value that teachers have been connecting with all along, is the value that public education brings to every, every person's life in this state. We all have personal stories about why public education matters to us. Mine is, it, it literally lifted my family out of poverty. Um, you know, I, I'm a kid from a poor family in southern Oklahoma, and my mom's decision to go back to college and become a teacher uh, literally lifted my family out of poverty. And I'm, my story is not alone. There's, you have a story, you have a story, and everybody connects that love for public education because it's actually helped them in their life become a better person. Um, and so that's why you're seeing the power of teachers and the stories they're telling, really being able to force the legislature to do something they haven't done in 28 years, which is increase taxes in a very red state. Yeah, well, and uh, as a wrap up, I mean, important to note that, I mean, just a month ago, I mean, we saw with the step up proposal, I mean, you saw some of the biggest business leaders in this state stand behind an effort and it came up just short. I think it's, 
it's it's an interesting storyline to think that a month later that educators and you know a teachers union were the ones that were able to get that. The packages are, are not identical. There's apples and oranges, but you're still talking about the heavy lift of a tax increase that a month ago, even with the backing of so many people behind it, um, still came up short. It kind of spoke to the challenge that it is in the state to get taxes increased. But here we are this week. Uh, uh, they got it done. They got that package done, and, and obviously there's going to be a push to get more. Yeah, this movement probably hasn't had enough time to sit back and look at what it's done, but to get one of the most conservative states in the country to pass half a billion dollars in tax increases in a Republican-dominated legislature is it's really something. Yeah. You, the, and that's funny, I've, you, because I've been in the middle of this fight, I really forced myself to take a moment um, of pause to say, look at what we did, right, um, when this vote happened on Thursday or Wednesday, because um, this, that's exactly right. And, and when you and I were talking earlier this week, and it was like a business-led movement failed less than a, about a month ago, and a teachers union-backed movement now is is going to become law, or it has become law now, right? And and that is something that we have to, um, as education advocates, be super proud of mm -hmm. because we stood up, we we recognized when our moment was here, um, and we did what was best for the people of Oklahoma and for the students um, that are really the reason why these teachers are walking on Monday. And your argument is that that movement's not gone. It has a few more days, at least Monday, to, to push for even more. I so. think so, I think so. Yeah, we'll, yeah. well a lot of twists and turns in this story <laughs> and they're gonna continue. So uh, we're gonna be there on Monday covering this. Uh, we'll be there until it ends, whatever uh, whatever that looks like. Uh, Amber, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming in and sharing your perspective. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was uh, fun being here with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Political State from the Oklahoman. Join us every Friday. We'll be back next Friday, but we'll also be with you on News OK. We've got actually a couple live spots. Uh, on Monday at the Capitol as teachers rally what's expected to be probably the largest rally that the Capitol has ever seen. Uh, with Justin, I'm Ben. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week.